Welcome back to the Haber Show. I'm Tom Haberstroh, as always, joined by Amin El Hassan from the Levitard Show, Sirius XM, NBA Radio, also from Cinephobe. We're joined now by our pal, former colleague, currently at The Athletic, Ethan Strauss, who has a book coming out again in paperback version free machine. Congratulations on that, Ethan Strauss. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is It is the same book, but with a new chapter. A new chapter, ladies and gentlemen. Ooh, what's in that new oh, wait, chapter? Is, Maybe you buy it. Are you, doing, are you doing the video game thing where it's like, it's not actually a new game, we just added some more content to it? Uh, pretty much. I mean, look, I think it's fairly generous. A lot of a lot of authors they come out with a paperback version of the hardcover. Same book. No, no, not not me, not me. I gave you an extra chapter in there. So yeah, so I think it went the me, extra mile. Let me let me ask you how how does that work? Was it something that you really wanted in the original hardcover, and they were like, no way, no way. And then over time, like Zack Snyder, you've convince them to let you have the the way you wanted it to be mm. or is this literally new information that you discovered between turning in your last uh transcript to the publisher and now yeah i was uh calling them every day saying i'm an artist i demand more content in there just please i need to express myself i have things to say it needs to be in there that's the version i like of me let's go with that i like that version i like that uncompromising vision of an auteur uh who just needed the product to be improved versus the reality of hey you know shouldn't there be an epilogue in here you know some stuff has happened since the old uh warrior dynasty fall apart uh maybe be good to add some context and i say yeah that's a pretty good idea let me put that in there did you demand that it should be presented in four three format as you originally intended? <laughs> I have made Wait, what is this? That's a Zack Snyder joke. <laughs> is, it bad? You know about the Justice is, League. is it bad that I don't even know who Zack Snyder is? <laughs> oh wow. Okay. So let, I guess this is all right, let me do this. All right. So uh Justice League, it was a very terrible DC Comics movie that came out a few years ago. It was their version of the Avengers. It failed miserably. And at the time when it failed, the director, Zack Snyder, who's directed 300 and a bunch of other movies that you've probably seen. Where oh, that's the Greek movie. I, 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 I like that one. Yeah. That one is hilarious. Oh, that's that's on, Tom showing his frat frat colors yes. right there. That's no, the that's him showing his Kalakis. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's Stelios Kalakis. Well, it's all <laughs> Greek to him either way. Uh-huh. Well, anyways, uh, so at the time, Zack Snyder made this big – fucking deal about how like this wasn't my vision and they edited to this thing and the real version that i did was so much better and stuff and his edit is like four hours long so it became this almost like this this urban legend about like the Zack snyder cut of justice league there's supposed to be so much better than the original one and it would have like made this an avengers like franchise or whatever and so the myth and the mythology grew and finally hbo which is owned hbo max which is owned obviously by a phone AT&T company. AT&T Time Warner. Yeah. Uh, which owns Warner Brothers, which o- which owns the rights to DC Comics and Justice League and all these movies. Finally, this last weekend, released the Zack Snyder cut. Mm. And when you pull it up on HBO Max, it is four hours long. I'm about three hours into it. I've been watching it in chunks. But when you pull it up, before the movie starts, there is a disclaimer that says, this movie is presented in 4-3 format. Mm. Uh, with this, which is the aspect ratio, uh, because this was the creative vision of of the director. He wanted this. Wait, if this Snyder doesn't, if this, this doesn't land, I mean, does he have like a Snyder cut two point oh, and then it's six <laughs> hours long? No, it's, 
No, it's the I, everyone's kind of deduced that the the play here is that it was never going to land, but if you hype it enough, people watch it. It's kind of like the Netflix thing. If you just throw enough shit out there, it's like was Tiger King good? No, it was kind of trash TV, yeah. but it was hyped so people watched it. So it doesn't really matter. I, if I would it's good say or not. it lost steam and got too depressing and was maybe a little too Tiger long. King. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say no. That. It was. I mean, it was ridiculous from beginning to end. It wasn't like this. Wasn't like insightful. Like the, oh, the, I, I disagree. Work. There was something very oh, insightful in Tiger King, uh, which well, is that sensationalist. Which is that even insane people are right about their critiques of their enemies. You could see in Tiger King that all the characters of Tiger King were ripping one another. And they were completely correct when they were ripping each other, but they were totally oblivious to their own flaws. So in that way, I think the Tiger King had some meaning for us. So speaking of Tiger King, mm. I'm trying to think of the segue here. Um, the Bobcats, they were a franchise and that was a cat. I have no idea. Tiger was the king of the course until uh, so-and-so came up. And similarly, LeBron was the king of the course until a high ankle sprain took mm. him out. Yeah. yeah. Should we be panicking that LeBron bleeds? He's, <laughs> I, by the way, I've never, I've never seen LeBron bleed. I just want to point that out. You just by stole way, my bit. That was my bit. I mean, we talked uh, about this on the fault. pod last week, and now you're stealing oh, it as did. your own. Th- that, that voice is either newscaster or pub trivia. I think that's more the pub trivia voice. Pub trivia. Yeah. <laughs> I've been watching Peaky what? Blinders, and they, they call it a poob. Boob. A poob. Yeah. <laughs> I shaved poob. my poob. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Thanks. So you, can you do an epilogue to the epilogue to continue the Zack Snyder thing? Is Ethan, you've already written the epilogue, the, the additional chapter, but I feel like the, uh, the events over the last 24 hours might require you to do an epilogue to the epilogue. Mm, maybe. We're just talking about the aftermath. What what Rome in ruins looks like, or maybe Rome reborn looks like. Uh, yeah, it, it could be a continuation. I'm not so opposed to it. I might be writing a new book currently that is not about the Warriors and is about you know, something else entirely. But the story does keep going. You know, it's capturing a moment, but I do like that look back at it. And it is a strange moment to be observing. And I look at the fan base. I think they're going through it. It's a strange thing emotionally to go from being on top of the world, flaming all every night, to oh my God, we're tanking and it's awful, but we can kind of deactivate and not really pay attention to the season because it's the draft pick too. Look, you're totally average and you just have to figure out what that means. That's what I'm observing. I'm noticing how in the aftermath of a fallen country or a country in turmoil, you'll see certain certain uh, nefarious people rise up as these populists. And that's what I would say about Andy Liu currently. I'm looking at Andy Liu populism, gaining traction in the land, uh, harnessing the angst of the warriors faithful and directing it in ways to his own end. It's a fascinating social scene. I must say. It is weird that Andy, what started as a bit is now like manifesting itself into this dude that has, Real life influence, yeah, on the way Warriors fans think about the Warriors, and I just, you know, I, I have to imagine this was must 
kind of what it must feel like to have been friends with Trump, right? <laughs> Where like you're watching him do this thing and you're laughing like, oh my God, that's so funny. And then you turn like, wait, you fuckers are actually listening? Like, you serious? You seriously, you're taking this guy serious? <laughs> I saw this guy down a bottle of Hennessy right before a live show and just go out there red-faced and hair flopping everywhere. <laughs> I just, and this I, is who you guys are looking to for your analysis. I'm, I'm reminded of Neil Brennan because he's friends with some NBA players, uh, comedian, friends with Blake Griffin, and, and saying, I know these guys. I see them before and after the games. You gamble on these guys? Like, do you know what they're up to? These are human beings. And they're partying and they're distracted. You you actually put money on what they're going to do out there. You actually do that. Wow. Couldn't couldn't be me. And this this Warriors team is such a, a weird it's a weird season. You're looking at a team that's twenty two and twenty one, which I think according to Vegas, right, Ethan? Correct me if I'm wrong, according to Vegas, this is overachieving. Yeah. I would say so. I, you know what? In my opinion, I think they are perfectly in line with reasonable expectations. I think they have, uh, they, they are average and should be average, and nobody really knows what to do with that. I mean, what do you mean, what to do with it? Emotionally, nobody knows what to do. No. We, we Americans are not uh, well acquainted with the concept of a tie, uh, whether it be one so- game or many. So this is okay. So to to hammer home this point, they're twenty two and twenty one. Their net rating is negative point two, right? Mm-hmm. Which is weird because that's the math NBA.com does. But when I look at their offensive rating is one hundred eight point seven. Their defensive rating is one hundred eight point eight. Wouldn't that make their net rating minus point one? Hey, just a messenger. Don't kill me. <laughs> but where does that net rating rank in the NBA, gentlemen? 15th overall. This is, this is, this is like the episode of Seinfeld where George, everything comes up even, right? Or is it George or or it's, uh, no, it's, it's, uh, Jerry comes up even, right? Yeah. The fact that you don't know, maybe that plays into the more, the the mediocrity of it. There you go. It's like, it could be this person. It could be that. Who knows? Who knows what the Warriors are? Are they on the path to another championship in the next three years? Or are they just going to go to the bottom? Just like the Cleveland Cavaliers did when LeBron left. Yeah. Are you are you at all surprised, Ethan, as I am, how good they are defensively? Yeah. As Kerr said in preseason that he wanted them to be top 10, and I thought, man, that's kind of bold. It's possible. They've got a lot of length. Uh, they could do it. Uh, but for them Fifth to be this defense, good defensively. Fifth in defense, 22nd on offense. Yeah. Well, and, say that again because you were all garbled, sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Internet playing defense on you. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it is slightly surprising, but guess what? I feel like the fan base would feel a lot better if those numbers were reversed. We we love offense. Really? We love offense. Really? People love offense. See, I, I think about it as glass half full, right? Mm. You say, I do too. ooh, our defense is elite and our offense is struggling, but one of our best offensive players has been hurt all year long. And the young guy who we are kind of like pinning our hopes maybe – he still hasn't figured things out. So it's like a year from now when Clay's back, when Wiseman is a little wise, is a little bit more of a wise man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good play, right? Like, uh, God, I shouldn't have, like, oh. have, have used that line in the epilogue. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so, so I kind of, I kind of ragged on, on Ethan for basically saying Jordan Poole is the next coming. Um, and the, and Jordan oh, Poole hype oh. is very real. Oh boy. 
Wait, did you? Wait, when did where, he say where, this? Yeah, what did you rag on me? I wasn't even aware of. I think I did the, it on point what? of contention. Right, we were talking about um, Jordan Poole I, for a while, and I was just like, "How are we spending twenty minutes talking about Jordan Poole on a on a podcast about the the power rankings of the yeah. entire NBA?" Yeah, it just reminds me of. Uh, wait, the, are you? This is recent. You're still in on Jordan Poole. Me? Well, he's in he's very that? validated by his being in on Jordan yeah. Poole. Have you seen him play recently? No, no, man, no, no, no. Like, like, don't look. We're, gonna, we're not going to do this again. <laughs> that's what I was telling Ethan a week I ago. Mean, that's, uh, I've gotten, I, I got a ton of, let's say, guff for saying that he, at least for the purposes of this season, was the Warriors' second most talented offensive player. Um, and I've stopped hearing those criticisms. Is is what? Wait, because he had a good week. It's not that. It's it's how he does it. That's the thing. And I can't predict how sustainable any of it I'm is. I'm not right? a doctor. Look. I'm not a doctor. But what I can tell you right now is that he can do things that nobody else on the roster except for Steph Curry can do. That's what I can say. That much is obvious. That much has been demonstrated. These other dudes aren't going into traffic and throwing throwing the sham god into traffic, uh, doing smooth Euro steps and finishing with their offhand and the half court setting. Uh, it's just not something they're capable of. He's got uh, really, I mean, the second best handle on the team uh, and he's 21 and he's just growing in confidence and the finishing ability has also been impressive. We're talking about a, a very, admittedly a very strong seven game stretch that followed a very strong 17 game inactive list. <laughs> mm. And before those 17 games, he had a very strong one, two, three, four, five games where he scored two points or less. Yeah. I mean, he went down to the G league and absolutely demolished it. And they brought him back up and you thought maybe that's not going to look like the G league. And it looks like, it looks like the G league. It, it looks easy mm. for him. So he needed a confidence. The I confidence think he had, a, he had to re, go read Ethan Strauss at the athletic. He wrote a yeah, really good yeah. piece was, about the, the recalibrate, the reprogramming of, of uh, Jordan Poole. Point five. Yeah, they, let me just say, yeah. <laughs> well, first of all, they pulled him aside and they said, you should make shots instead of miss them. Mm. That was Hold the on. Light years, first light of all, years. You know what? You know what? This might be a bossa nova. I'm going to say it anyway. I texted Ethan asking for help. (laughs) And you didn't even respond. You didn't even date me with a response of like, Uh oh, yeah, let me. I texted you and Jade. Hey, can y'all help me with an athletic login? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We both. And you just. Yeah, I talked to Well, Jade sent me a link to sign up. (laughs) Like, basically, he sold me. (laughs) Like, oh, it's only a dollar a month. And then then Ethan just just didn't respond. He was like, yeah, I I guess that covers it. Well, it's because it's our our employment, man. It's one of those situations where we want people to sign up. And if I give it away. Don't just ignore ignore me. (laughs) This is going to be like like my wedding where you're like, he got the login? But he also got the login? (laughs) And he didn't give the login to me um yeah. look <laughs> this is great uh i uh i think it's fine to leave all of that in i think it's good to send the message to the public that i am stingy stingy with the login please by all means subscribe to the athletic click on my articles but in this case i will be generous i mean i will summarize for you uh the idea is he went down to santa cruz they worked on a drill called 0.5 where you're supposed to dribble pass shoot do everything within half a second i believe it was pioneered by greg popovich 
It's an old Spurs, uh, Spurs methodology. And that seems to have really turned around his game from dribbling, meandering, maybe taking a uh-huh. mid-range to just boom, boom, attack, attack, attack. And you're seeing the fruits of it at the NBA level. Okay. That's a, that's a nice little tidbit. It would have been nice for me to have read it, but you know. Oh, that's not your. That's not Ethan's it. fault. You didn't want to plop down a dollar to read his Thank article you. and get the f- the you. rest of it free. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. 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 Hey, we don't we don't uh, have to get I mean, derailed. The, we don't have to get derailed on that. Though. All right. We can, well, we I want to talk about this other player yeah. on the Warriors too. Um, Drew Schiller. No. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Former Stanford starting point guard Drew Schiller. Um, no, I want to ask. Smile a geech. Smile a geech. Yeah. Yeah. If you played 13 minutes across three games in the NBA, I mean, I'm going to ask you first, how close uh-huh. would your box score line be to Smiley's box score line? Because okay. right now across 13 minutes in three games, he has 13 minutes, zero rebounds, zero assists, zero steals, zero turnovers, five fouls. 0 for 2 from the line, 1 for 4 from 3, and 1 for 3 on twos. Uh, ooh, you know what? Five fouls in say, 13 minutes, but no other stats. I would say close. My line would be close. I think I would definitely have the fouls. I could definitely hit the zeros. I don't know if I could get to the free throw line two times. And then in, in, in I, 13 minutes I, I of NBA think play. about this a lot. I always wonder, <laughs> well, well, what would happen? Would they really sag off of me and just give me yeah. wide open, wide open yeah, shots? They so they would sag off of me. So maybe you knock down one of those. You know, maybe it's not even worth it to have me on defense. So do I go uh, Vivek four on five and maybe get a bucket that way? I often think about if I was out there. How would it go? Because it wouldn't be playing for real. You would have to just goose your numbers a little bit to the detriment of the team. So in that scenario, maybe you can get a few baskets. But in the case of (laughs) old Smiley, um, I do think he's got this issue where he's kind of become a joke. And he might not care about that. But it is interesting to see. Marcus on a recent podcast just said, I just... I don't like his face, <laughs> which made me laugh. And I knew what he was saying. He's not calling him ugly, but he's saying that he's got this lost expression on his face, this oblivious expression that almost makes it all worse. And I am not totally out on Smiley. I don't think he's going to find success with the Warriors, but he's a guy who was good in the G League last year. When I was at Winter Showcase with Amin, uh, he was really good at winter showcase. That's not a guarantee of being good in the NBA, but I do think it's a prerequisite, and it's a prerequisite that, say, Jacob Evans, Warriors draft pick who flamed out, didn't have. He was bad in the G League. Is it so, possible to have zero gra- negative gravity? Mm, to because have negative yes. gravity. Because uh, to yes, start the Tony Memphis Allen. game, yeah, Tony Allen's a good example. It's, to start the Memphis game, he's starting for Lou. Shout out to you. Well, shout, shout out to, to, to me and T.A. are friends now. So, mm. like, I have to. I have to put that disclaimer in, like, oh, that's my guy, but yo, like, that's that's kind of ended his career. <laughs> like, kind of did. So yeah, Smiley, so Smiley gets the ball at the top of the key, and Jonas Valanciunas just looks at him at like the foul line, and Smiley's like, I, I think I'm gonna shoot, and I don't know yet, should I shoot? And then Jonas just drops back towards the basket, 
like negative. There wasn't even closing out. He yeah. was going the opposite direction and daring him to shoot. Yeah. And he hits the first three and the place goes nuts. And then comes down again, like the second possession of the game. Same thing happens. And Valanciunas just does it again. Like, I'm not, I'm not closing yeah. out on you. I'm sorry. I don't care about your, sh- you can shoot it all day. If, if the Warriors are going to give you a shot, we are winning defensively. And he just kept mm-hmm. going back to the basket. And I just thought, man, imagine just having that kind of, respect around the league is that like i'm not only going to play off you 15 feet i'm giving myself 25 feet well i wonder what happens if he hits that second shot and i think it speaks to and i should say as an aside that smiley had a meniscus tear this season so maybe that that informs how terrible he's been but um it's just the small sample size and you can make excuses but ultimately it doesn't matter it's like alec Baldwin and glengarry glenn ross it's uh we should say for the purposes of your podcast, F or walk, right? It's, uh, you know, the last prize is you're fired. That's just what it is. You're going to be in a small sample size. And a lot of MLB players probably have this happen to them when they get called up from the minors. And it's not fair that you're going to be judged in a small sample size, but damn it, you would better come through in the small sample size or you're not going to get another opportunity at this. That's just how it is. It's uh, very few people get to be an NBA player, and he got a big opportunity in that game to start and to get those minutes and to show something. And he was bad. And it just is what it is. That 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 might be the end of Smile Geach with the Warriors. I mean, I don't know. I feel like we're putting an immense amount of pressure on a guy who's a second-round pick. Like, it's not supposed to. Is he supposed to be like uh, maybe uh, maybe there's there's more there's more there. It's because he was a a Kent Lacob find and they did some weird machinations to try to hide him from the public and to uh, to get into that part of the second round so that they 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 had poured some capital into scouting him and everything else. And so. Uh, the sa- this is again another Andy Luce Amisfediari, uh, <laughs> so that they talk about. He's almost become a referendum on on Warriors nepotism, and it's not fair to him. He's just a guy, and like I said, I, I think at that at that pick slot where he was taken, I think totally fair and validated by how he was in the G League. But he's just become symbolic, and I wonder because of the language barrier if he's even aware of any of it. <laughs> oh, the, nice. Just the funny part to me. Nice. Yeah, the Warriors are in a weird place, and it just—it's fitting that we're having still this like big debate about um, Kevin Durant now. And I'm glad we have. Oh, look at that segue! Wow, what a <laughs> Jesus! That was jarring. <laughs> glad we have Ethan Strauss here to promote his book. One of the things that people don't know about Ethan, or may not know about Ethan, is when Kevin Durant went on that rant in February 2019. Ethan Strauss did not cower in the corner and. Re- refused to address the situation he didn't apologize what he did was i wrote an article and i promoted the book <laughs> it's amazing <laughs> it's like it's like it's like the director yelling to an actor use it use it use it it's like okay well i guess i gotta use it I mean, this is the state of play you know what it you is that's, a, that's a very top of mind reference for you these days because <laughs> in a completely different context you sent me that <laughs> yeah yeah well it's it's it definitely is on the top of my mind you know what if i was given a ted talk i would call it controversy ownership is what I practiced. I I will do an entire talk on controversy ownership. You're in a controversy. Well, time for you to own the controversy and make it work for you. Because if you don't, 
it will uh, swallow you up and damage you in ways you can't even imagine. So there's really only one way to play it. Uh, that was more or less the mentality. And plus, I didn't think I was wrong, so that helps. I think if I actually, if I actually did something grievous, uh, it might be a more difficult choice as to what to do. Um, but in that case, it was okay. I don't necessarily like getting all this attention, but now it's time to use the attention. I didn't, I didn't want to do it, but it's here. So yeah, Steve Kerr was on, um, they're, they're former colleagues of ours all over this story. So mm-hmm. just as a heads up, Logan and I used to work together at NBC Sports last year. Um, Raja Bell, Amin, used to work with Raja back in Phoenix. Yep. Yep. And also Steve Kerr in Phoenix. And also um, uh, Kevin Durant was a lar- largely a focal point for your for your book, Ethan. So this mm. kind of has tentacles all over the place. Um, but it's I like think of a greater I can't think of a greater insult to KD than to insinuate that he was a former colleague of mine. But you were saying- I didn't say he was a former colleague of yours. I just said he was the, the, <laughs> the, the, the central, yeah. you know, one of the biggest storylines or the through lines of your story. Um, mm. So Steve goes on the Ringers uh, podcast hosted by Logan and Raja and describes how the first four years of his Warriors dynasty or the Warriors run was joyous. He used the word joyous and really simple, no agendas. And then last year, things kind of went haywire. So even though we went to the finals, it was very difficult. And Mm -hmm. Drew Schiller of NBC Sports um, Bay Area says on a tweet yesterday afternoon, Steve Kerr told Logan Murdoch he enjoyed last season when the Warriors went 15 and 50, more than Kevin Durant's final season with the Warriors. Quote, that last year was tough. There was a lot going on, some that you know about and some that you don't. That was very difficult, quoting Steve Kerr. Mm. And it went, it was like, it was out there. That tweet was out there for a while. And I was trying to think to myself like, oh, I wonder... I wonder if he had said Steve Kerr told Logan Murdoch he enjoyed last season when the Warriors went 15 and 50 more than Sean Livingston's final season with the Warriors. Mm. Would the story just died right there? <laughs> like, like just putting Kevin Durant's name in that tweet made it radioactive, right? Mm. Yeah. Radioactive. <laughs> well, like Kevin Durant responded to it on Twitter uh, is the other aspect. He said, this is hilarious. This is hilarious. Uh, right. But like if he put Sean Livingston's <laughs> name in there or if you put Andrew Bogut's final season, it'd be be like, yeah, what? Yeah. I, what do we – what? Yeah. And, then, and then Kerr goes off on Schiller and uh, by name in a press conference. Wow. Yeah. And, that, was, yeah. that was the part that I was surprised about. Ooh, Steve. Spicy. Yeah, spicy Naming Steve. names. Um, and this is, again, if we step back from it, uh, I do think a validation of my – Here's the TED Talk again, the Don't Apologize, Double Down. That is the DAD acronym, Reputational Management School. Now, it's not a moral call on what you should do morally. I'm not saying that Mm -hmm. that is correct morally, but in strict, practical, realpolitik terms, you're probably better off owning what you did if you're Drew Schiller than what he actually did, which is to apologize and post the notes app of it and say that he was sorry to coach and everything else. I do think he would be in a better position uh, <laughs> with more of a future in blowhard media if he had said hey steve you took a shot at katie in the last season own it own be it. a man yeah. be a man you gotta steve. Say own it <laughs> uh, be in a much better place. you guys 
question for you guys. One of the responses to Drew Schiller's Tale Between His Legs apology was from Bomani Jones. Mm, our friend Bomani. Our friend Bomani, who said that uh, this had happened to him, and he called Drew and talked to him about it, and Drew issued a somewhat similar apology, and Bomani asked, well, what's it going to take for you to stop if you keep doing this and keep apologizing for it? And I thought that was, you know, I thought that was a lot smarter than people picked up on. I think, mm. in a weird way, I think Bomani's alluding to what Ethan is saying. You say it, at least stand by it. Yeah. And so, and and own it, right? But, like, apologizing and then doing it again, it just, it, it makes you neither here nor there. So, but my question is, have either of you ever felt the need to get on the phone and talk to someone about something they said that mm. could portrayed you in a negative life. life. I'm not important no. enough. Yeah. I, I People, no one's ever, hold on. No one's ever misconstrued your stuff. Or you oh, yeah. you're not important enough to well, call someone. I mean, yeah. they, they didn't make it personal or like miss, like taking something out of context. No. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's never happened to you, Tom. I, I mean, texting maybe. If somebody I know, if we have an established relationship, I, I could see myself. Maybe okay. I have like okay, reach out. Yeah, I, I, I yeah. see we're doing the semantic game. Have you ever reached out to someone about taking something that you said out of context and putting you perhaps portraying you in a negative I, I light? I think I think I have, but it was more the there was inaccuracy, right? I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna deal with it if it's just about saying that I'm bad or whatever. Because at this point, I, I just know that. That level of uh, attendant reputational management will drive you crazy, and I just don't want to get involved in it. But if I, if if somebody is giving me some sort of quote or uh, saying something that's inaccurate, then I could see myself texting them, maybe depending on our relationship. Wow, oh, you guys! Wow, okay. It's funny because this shit happens to me all the time, and I'm <laughs> no, like, yeah, no, it happens. Uh, it's it you and me. me. I'm like, I, but I'm just like, I, what, like, what am I supposed to do? I, oh, the most I'll do is like, I didn't say that shit. I, I, like, listen, I'll do the Steve thing. I'll be like in tweet from. Oh, I didn't say oh, that by shit. The way, a, the little, a little behind the scenes, uh, I just got a text saying that Cowherd uh, supposedly just destroyed Kerr. Um, and so you know, uh, Cowherd, uh, Cowherd's producer invited me on today. And I didn't oh. do it. I didn't do it because, because, well, I had booked this podcast with you guys. Wow. And what? a terrible move. And we won the phone tag. And 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 I, I also had an athletic podcast after this. It was just it was all it was all booked. Um, but that would have been interesting. You I would have really been in that position. Sell, I would have been in that position of of uh, Cowherd going after Steve. And I obviously I know Steve, but I tried to be objective. That would have been a. <laughs> Ethan, would you, you Ethan, you've you've known yeah. Steve. You, you you've known Steve for a long time, long time. He's wrong here, right? <laughs> I could just see it. I okay. could just see it. <laughs> so okay, so what would you say? How would you respond to that? I think I would say what I'm saying here. It would depend on how it was being. I, I would it's hope radio. It's radio. You can't meander. It's the other. He's wrong, isn't he? Isn't he, Ethan? <laughs> I think I would just the witness. I mean, no, 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 Ethan. Ethan, we're doing. We're, we're in character. <laughs> like, don't say I would say this. Just say it, okay? Well, Ethan, I, I would go into a coward thing. Well, no, well, 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 I well, would go well, into do it like we are and scene. Let's here we go. <laughs> sometimes, Ethan, he, <laughs> you're 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 right, but you're going about it in the wrong way, and sometimes you're wrong. And you're going about it in the right way. No, he. I, I don't know what I would say. Yeah. I would say I'm actually. Don't it's say. Funny. I would say. Just say what you're gonna say. 
Um, she just asked you the question. Yeah. Cowherd just asked you the question right now. Your answer. I'm I'm a little bit in the Steve's wrong camp. I am. I, I'm a little bit, yeah. little bit in the Steve's wrong camp. Um, and yeah, so you pile on Steve. Yeah. You yeah. pile on. <laughs> You, you just went with the crowd. You you went with Cal Hart was saying what you like. You just jumped on the bandwagon. Well, let, let, let me point no, it's out no indictment. It's it's no grand indictment. It's just if I have to be objective about it, I would go, hey, Chiller aggregates, and then he, the thing blows up, and it sucks to deal with. And he was taking a snippet of a more nuanced conversation. And then it becomes all about Steve's talking loose about KD and all the nuances of the conversation go away. And in a way, it's not even about it's not even about Schiller. It's just about the incentives of what's happening. And nobody's in charge of the scale. Nobody's in charge of the scale. But I don't know if I agree with Steve that it was inaccurate. We all know what the deal was. What, you think it was miserable because well, Clay Thompson was belly aching in the last year of KD's uh, time with the Warriors? You think that's what was happening? No, Ethan, no, Ethan we all know you, wrote, you wrote about it in your story for The Athletic right after Kevin Durant's speech. You said the greatest libel is the truth. Yeah, yeah. The greatest and like, libel is the truth. Ooh. I don't think, I don't oh, think Steve Kerr – is in, is incensed by this unless KD responds in the tweet. No, yeah, he doesn't. Well, no, no, no. Hold because, on. Because, because, what, what? No, 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 okay, no, no, okay. no, 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 no. I have a libel as the truth because, take. I have a libel because yeah, because yeah. Durant respond. It's not because Durant responded. It's because Durant responded and his response elicited this massive reaction. Yeah, like would it have gone viral without Durant? Responding, but no. there's also no. there, there's more here though. There's more here. Also, I love that KD follows Drew Schiller, and he's like oh, up to date on all his tweets. And stuff. <laughs> it is amazing. Um, <laughs> I think he also tweeted that this guy's obsessed with me, and he follows him on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> amazing. I mean, how many people would follow somebody that they that they think is stalkerish and obsessed with them? It's just you know so, what KD so has turned to, by the way, recently. Who now he's doing the. KD, he's leaning into it, which I, I like that as a strategy. Yeah, yeah. It's I kind of respect He's owning it. What I mean, um, yeah. This is what I do. No, he's not owning it. He's not owning it. He's leaning into it with a level of absurdity to make people think like, oh, see, he doesn't really care like that. He's, he's, he's a it's, fun guy, right? It's the meme so, with the, uh, the, the mask and the guy crying behind the mask with the smiley yes, face. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So, so what, just to catch people up, what happened was um, somebody tweeted – oh, where did I, did I lose it? Mm. Who texted it to me this morning? Hold on. Maybe you should catch yourself up. Mm. No, no, no. Oh, here we go. Here we go. So Glasses Malone, the rapper, quote tweeted Kevin Durant's – this is hilarious – saying, relax, big dog. You're Kevin Durant. Life is too sweet. And Durant responds, there's no relax, champ. No relax when I'm on Twitter. I'm on 10 until the second I close the app. You relax. Which is a funny response. I know that's hilarious, <laughs> and that's definitely like the you know like the oh you guys all think that I take this shit so seriously. Ooh yeah, I'm so mad. Oh, I'm on ten until I close out. Hilarious response. Ten out of ten. But also, and you could just confirm glasses Malone's theory though. Is that you need to chill? And what? he's saying I don't need to chill. I'm always at no, no, no. He well, he's doing that tongue in cheek. His response, right? Like to so like it's kind of like if you guys if Ethan said to me oh I mean you're just mad uh, because 
you know, you don't work for the Suns anymore. I'm like, oh, yes, I live my entire days, you know, mm-hmm. ruining the day I stopped working for a team that's missed the playoffs 10 years in a row, right? Like, mm-hmm. like it's a sarcastic tongue-in-cheek response, except if he actually is bothered by this shit. And he yeah. is. And that's the difference. It's like we know with him it is something that is on his mind and under his skin and, and forever omnipresent. Yeah, he he does own it to a degree, which is interesting. I do want to return to the Steve thing and the greatest libel is the truth idea because I do think there's something else going on here which makes it a touchy topic, especially in a discourse that is controlled by Andy Liu. Um, I think that the problem is that this truth that's seeping out is a little taboo. It's taboo for a coach to say, yeah, you know, that time that we went to the finals and would have won the championship but for injuries – I was actually way more miserable than when we were in last place. You do not hear other coaches say stuff like that because they don't have the circumstances that would make them say it, right? right. There's winning I mean, and then there's misery is the is the party line in the yeah. NBA. Right. Yeah. And Steve's in this room. Dan Gilbert sur- had a stroke? <laughs> what? Yeah. For that was uh, a, that was I, I a just, I, few, several months ago. What? Yeah. Really? Yeah. What a, bad. Go ahead. Yeah. Wow. What? What? A, as as Levitars is a dead fish to throw me. I mean, jeez. Anyway. Hey, it's Tom here. Just want to remind you again about the Haber Show Live podcast we do only on the Stereo app. The Stereo app lets the audience interact with the podcast as it goes on with voice messages, kind of like a radio show. But it happens every Wednesday night, Wednesday, nine p.m. Eastern, six p.m. Pacific. On the Stereo app. That's where we'll be. So uh, if you have questions about this podcast, you want to ask questions about Radio Ethan, we might be able to answer. If you want to hang out with us every Wednesday night while we watch the NBA games, we'll play some trivia on NBA stuff. Um, and we'll make fun of each other. If you just want to make fun of Amin's voice or my voice or just the way we look in the app, uh, go for it. That's the Stereo app every Wednesday night, 9 p.m. Follow the Haber Show live NBA show on the Stereo app. It is live. It is interactive. It is great. Make it a weekly staple Wednesday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern. We'll talk to you there. It's a, There's a bit of the greatest libel is the truth here beyond the KD aspect, which is that coaches generally would not say that I was more miserable in the season where we went to the finals and by all rights should have won, but for injuries – And we were actually way more miserable than when we were in last place. I think that speaks to the unique circumstances that Steve Kerr is in and has found himself in where they are on the end of a half decade of this long season and the Kevin Durant misery and everything else. And also that he has FU money, that he is completely established, that he can always go back to TV. This isn't a circumstance that, say, a a Dave Yeager is in necessarily. And so when he honestly expresses himself and, and says something like, yeah, you know, being in last place, I was actually happier than being in first place or whatever you want to call it. I think that rubs people the wrong way. And then you almost have to put out that fire and that informs the backlash, even if it's completely true. But isn't this also informed by the fact that Steve Kerr was getting uh, tossed around on Twitter and in the uh, Andy Liu, Samus Fendiari world of, you know, I'm not going to go chase wins this season. Is that like Steve Kerr doesn't like winning, but he'd rather lose, um, but have good vibes. That he, he, which is funny because. Kerr is hyper competitive, uh, like a competitive psycho. But yeah, I think the chasing wins comment 
didn't just rub the fans the wrong way is, is what I Oh, is say. this in the, in the um, book maybe? That, that one. No, I mean, I can't. <laughs> no, I, I'm not that fast a writer. Uh, <laughs> publishing doesn't move that fast. But yeah, I think that that was a quote that rubbed some people the wrong way. Uh, when he said it, even though it makes sense. And I think Steve, because he is fairly open, commits what we call Kinsey gaffes, or is it Kinsley gaffes? I can never remember, uh, where the idea is that the gap, uh, <laughs> where the idea is that the gaff is saying something true. So I, I think when Steve Kerr went on the ramp at the, uh, at the press conference yesterday, calling out Drew Schiller from the top and saying it was, disrespectful or et cetera, et cetera, whatever. I don't think expanding the context actually vindicates Steve here because in, in the two lines before Drew Schiller's quote, he mentions that there were no egos in those first four years or sorry, no agendas. Right. And so the follow-up question would be like, so when you said that there was agendas in that last season um in 2019 what did you mean by no agendas in those previous four years and i don't know what steve kerr says then because that speaks to the fact that going into the season there was no clarity on what kevin durant was going to do right and in november november draymond green gets in a fight with with or uh gets in a, a yelling match with kevin durant on the sidelines talking about like are you in or are you out Look, man, Steve didn't specify. He could have been talking about Jarebko. You know, who knows? That's, that, see, like, like, here, like, here's the deal. Like, I'm, I'm going to give it to y'all like this. Because Steve did something that I, I am very well versed in, which is giving an answer that gives you all the information and none of the information. Yes. So that when something like that happens with Drew Schiller, yes. you can absolutely come back. I, I never said that. And that was yes. out of context. It, it, and it was a bigger conversation. I never brought up uh, Durant's name in this context. And Steve's right. Steve's not lying. The only way that you know that's what he was talking about is if you're someone who was around the team at that time. And you know for a fact, obviously, this was weighing on everybody. But yes. the Warriors' official stance has always been we love Durant, and when he's done playing, <laughs> his jersey's going to get retired. And so as long as they stick to that and never invalidate that, you can never prove that he's – and so yeah, I, I knew what he was doing there, man. Yeah. Well, you, you, I got, think you, you got a Lance Armstrong in there a little bit too, you know. Well, my, go after my, my wife said this morning that I think he's annoyed because he went through painstaking effort to say it without saying it, that when you fill in the subtext, it's highly annoyed. It's – no, I, I worked really hard to get the message through to you without actually putting the name on it. Why are you doing this and messing me up and putting the name on it? I did this it's, for a it's reason. Like, it's like when people are make, doing like the double entendre thing and it's like a group of people. It's like, I guess you want to trim the bush. You're like, yeah, you, you don't want anything wrong with your piping, whatever. And then there's one person who just yells out, sex funds. <laughs> so you ruined it. That's what it. Drew Schiller did. Yeah, yeah. I think that's, that's what's also, happening. Is the funniest bit, right? At the yes. end of the it's funny just to yell out what they're actually doing. Yeah. Yeah. So, shout out to Drew Schiller. That's why you should have fucking stu- stood by it. Man. He should have. Don't be out here, yeah. Should have. And a uh, big mistake. Do you, think, lesson- do you think professionally they, they, they made him do that? You think like. Well, that's he, he, the thing we haven't even talked about is that he's effectively yes. in-house media, which might be informing yeah. Steve's annoyance, which is wait, the people at NBC Bay Area are messing me up. I mean, I get it if it's somebody from The Athletic, but 
NBC Bay Area. I mean, why? What do we pay them for? I think that there might be a little bit of that too. And the line that just just crushed me was the 2015-2016 NBA Coach of the Year said my tweet. <laughs> I was like, Drew, oh no, God. you don't have to do that. That was you like don't my have man. To say that. <laughs> you, you know what that reminded me of, Tom? Honestly, it reminded me of my man that kept naming his his partner and his apology. Oh. Uh-huh. The Oklahoma yeah. high school guy. Remember, he just got Scott Salupo didn't have anything. Scott Salupo. Why do you keep saying his name, man? Why yeah. would you bring up that the guy was the coach of the year in that year? Like, who gives a shit? What, how does that well, add just, to the a, apology? It's a way yeah. for him to like say, I'm, I'm really sorry. He would have a launching pad. He could be on Cowherd today ripping Steve and become famous off of this. Not saying that he should but he, be. He'd be fired. He would be, he'd fired. be fired. He'd be fired, but he'd be fine. Right? He'd be fired. Would he? but he, he'd be fired, but he wouldn't be unemployable. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, wow, that's a pretty good coward. That's a pretty <laughs> good do you coward. have any last last uh, thoughts on there? Fired. No, 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 no. Well, yeah, no. Yeah, we got one last thought. I, I don't want Ethan's last thought. I want Radio Ethan's thought about this whole situation. It's been a while, man. Come on. <laughs> Drew Schiller, you missed your opportunity to be Drew Killer because Stevie Wonder deserved to get killed for what he did. To run Kevin Durant, <laughs> one of the greatest talents we've ever seen, out of the situation and then for you to kiss his feet and say, oh, he's coach of the year. You know what? He's not coach of the year. He's coach of the year from a half decade ago and it should have gone to Luke Walton. Bum move by Drew Schiller. You could have been a hero. Instead, you're a fat zero. That's how you produce for Ethan Sherwood South, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. It's great. Great being on the podcast, guys. Got to gotta run. Got to run. Got to see right. what Coward said about, uh, about Kerr. See it. All right. Yeah, we're still going. Uh, Tom, we still going? <laughs> so- All right. What do, what do we – uh, no, I was just, I was just laughing at the idea of like uh, Steve Kerr was really upset that his quote or his line was taken out of context by Drew. And I just imagine this world that people are going to yeah. get on Ethan for that rant, think, not knowing that it's a bit mm. out of context. Out of context? Yeah. I mean, but that was our whole point with Radio Ethan. We wanted that to happen. We wanted it to happen so that one day he would go in character. Dude, if Ethan had just listened to me, okay, maybe he wouldn't have written a book. <laughs> That's well, give the people what, what, the what your advice is, was. He would have been a for people who don't know. What was your advice when Ethan started doing the radio Ethan bit? Just be radio <laughs> just Ethan. Going to complete like just, like just go into Colbert, character, just, and that's your career. Yeah, go into character. At least like, I mean, you could keep writing. Oh wow, now he's coming back. Is he coming back? To come back? I don't have another guy. Come back. Is he- <laughs> ah, leave it all in, Jade. Leave it all in. Leave it all in. Amazing. He doesn't have a podcast to get to. So I could, we could talk about this when he comes back in, when he walks back in. Oh, that's great. Oh, here he is. Here he is. Any all right. Now. And okay. he's back. Okay. Ethan Strauss doesn't have that podcast did you make up that you had a podcast and now you wanted to keep going and so you feel bad? It could have been on My college. theory is there was never a podcast and you enjoyed our conversation so much. You wanted to put a there cap never- on the Haber show and now there- that you realize you're having a good time, you 
decided to come back. Yeah, it was very primal fear. There, there was no Roy or whatever, whatever uh, he says, uh, whatever Ed Norton says there. Um, yeah, I basically I didn't go on Cowherd because I thought I had to do a podcast, but I forgot that we moved the podcast because the Warriors play on a Tuesday. Uh, so I could have been on. I could have been dancing around the glorious analogies uh, that Colin was making uh, about Steve while he was killing him. Um, and invited me to to join in on it all. I mean, it's 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 really quite unfortunate. But what are you going to so, do, Ethan? So when you were gone after you walked out, we were ta- we were laughing, kind of like how meta it would be if someone took the radio Ethan quote out of context, and that <laughs> went viral, right? <laughs> but I told Tom that was originally what we wanted, right? When we first yeah. started developing that character, the idea was that <laughs> yeah. one day it would go viral, and then you just got to be radio ethan all the time when you made appearances uh yeah. on like sports center or whatever but yeah. you wouldn't listen to yeah. if you had listened to me you, your career would be you wouldn't have written a book probably so that's no. the downside but the upside your career would be somewhere completely different man yeah yeah i would have been taken off like a rocket i think oh if especially I when the warriors those, were good if i had used those hits to just uh go crazy yeah that, that might have worked out um i cannot wait by the way for whatever colin's gonna say about about Steve. I, I'm just, it's one of those things where I don't even know what Cowherd's accuracy rate is of things, of his takes. I don't know. I just, as, as, as a writer, I love analogies. I just love how he gives the analogies and the framing and the pacing. It's an art, man. It's, it's a real art to do that. Yeah, Nick, Nick Wright lit into uh, lit into Steve earlier this morning. Wow, the Steve backlash. See, Drew Drew Schiller. He should have put his finger to the wind and noticed that he would have he would have the cavalry backing him. Because for what I'm saying about this whole "Don't apologize, double down," I could have gone harder in defending Drew Schiller on this podcast. But am I going to defend a guy so ardently when he won't defend himself? himself? Seems a little bit like a waste. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But if he's defending himself, then we're just animals, man. We're just animals. If I'm out, if you if you chase an animal, the animal runs. If the animal sees you running, the animal chases. It's all of that. It's all instinctual. Do, do you guys – are you guys ever surprised that in 2021, the year of our Lord, and this the 15th year of Twitter, mm-hmm. that people still – don't know like how this shit goes the the beats and the rhythms of social media and aggregation and all that people it's, still fall for it like it's, it's because still it's so it's so powerfully emotional for most people that when you're at the center of controversy it, it's like you're in pain there's an aaron sorkin quote about how uh it, it's like seasickness uh to be in these controversies uh you think you're going to die and everybody else thinks it's kind of funny um, uh-huh. so when you're in the middle of it, uh, you feel sick and you're just, you just be willing to do anything to ease the pain of it. But unfortunately the thing they do is so often the thing that makes it worse and validates the pylon. So, uh, it is strange that people haven't totally figured it out, but not everybody's the personality type to be able to just go contra all of their instincts in the moment, um, and try to ride it out. This is this is when Nate Duncan had the tweet about Anthony Edwards and everyone just went wild about it. Mm. I one of my uh, one of one of the things I wanted Nate to do is just to continue tweeting as if nothing was happening. Yeah, 
be like Norman Powell, what a screen to set up the three to three on two, uh, just pat, dime, dime, dime. Just he doesn't do that normally, but in that spot, Norman Powell, just great play. Norman Powell, and just great have play. continue tweeting, tweeting Nate Duncan's insights as if there isn't this other just huge conversation going on on the side. Yeah, because it would just kind of it would kind of prove that you guys are mad at me. For this tweet, and yet you guys are still talking about it. By the way, days later, that that tweet saying that is, I'm not sensitive enough, and that yeah, like this is like he's making they're they're making it about a nerd tweeting about the jock, right? Yeah, like they're stuffing him into his locker, and yet days later, those supposed like cooler kids are still mad about a tweet. <laughs> well, and, and Nate, they're still Nate, mad about it. And Nate is the alpha nerd, which I think rankles people to no end that he's confident in his takes and he will not mince words that that really pisses people off but it also ensures him uh partially is what ensures him a nice living that he's not take he's take note through schiller yeah yeah you could be an alpha <laughs> nerd too uh yeah it's that one was so funny to me because when i was talking about offline with people I go, yeah, the reaction is was crazy. He's like, yeah, but and they would explain the reason for the reaction, and I feel like they weren't stepping back and understanding how just completely insane it still is. That well, it <laughs> seemed like he was really dumping on on his mo. Is like, yeah, guess what? It, he just talked about what he shot in the game, and it's Nate's feed is basically this update of what's happening in the NBA. And if I'm trying to get a little update on what's going on, I might find it interesting that this guy had the dunk of the year, but, and I would think, Oh, well, how do you play in the game? Did he have a great game? Oh no, he actually had an awful game. Huh? Isn't that, that's kind of interesting. That's all that's happening there. And when Twitter was less insane and had less of an insane algorithm, uh, a half decade ago, we don't, there's no story about that tweet. It doesn't turn into a crazy pylon and doesn't, you know, inspire stories and aggregations and everything else. I mean, this is complete insanity. Even if you think well, it's to yourself, like, it's like when, you, when J.R. Yeah. Smith forgot the timeout or forgot the, the, the clock and score and mm-hmm. LeBron became a meme, just like looking at J.R. Smith. I feel like that moment is more popular. That meme is oh, more yeah. popular than the actual moment of itself in the way that, if that dunk happens, like Anthony Edwards, if someone sees that dunk, are more people going to be like, wow, that was a great dunk? Or are they going to be like, that one was the one that the, the nerd tweeted about? Yeah, well, that be, was the and one. it becomes a template for when you want to just kind of – it becomes a joke template of a guy does something great and then you go, yeah, but he blah, 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 blah. It becomes this weird meta mocking template, but it, it's all just – more reasons why I involve myself less in Twitter conversation. I, I, I don't think they've done a good job with the app. Uh, they Yeah, but before you came on, you were like, what is the deal with chronological order here yeah. on, on Twitter? Well, yeah, they, they've kind of created it to become this weird shaming device where certain tweets uh, just completely gain steam and you're taking people – out of just following the present moment and going to the next moment. I mean, it's always going to be imperfect. And Nate's my friend, so you can say that there's some bias here. But I, I feel like even if I didn't like Nate, I would look at that tweet and go, what's the big deal? Right? Well, I mean, it's, I don't like Nate. and <laughs> <laughs> I mean, No, but it means bias in that direction. But, so but like, my thing was just like, oh, you nerds are rude. Like, my guy, Master's my guy. Master's one of my, my good friends. And Master had this whole thing about nerds are ruining sports. And I'm like... You, that moment was ruined for you because of a tweet? 
<laughs> and then I realized, no, Master's doing the same exact fucking thing. Yeah. And that's what I was yeah. talking about. I don't know, Ethan, if you were on or not. Like, oh, you were on because I asked you guys. Like, how are people still falling for this shit? Yes. The reason why it brings that tweet up isn't because Twitter's algorithm is here to shame Nate Duncan. It's because it sees a tweet that people are reacting to and, and interprets it that as this is important. More yeah. people need to look at this. So it sees a fire and says, ooh, fire good. Here's some gas. <laughs> exactly. Right? And, and exactly. so that's all, the whole thing. And so everyone is kind of – at least all of, the, all of your favorite tweeters, I should say, for the people. Like no one is really tweeting you know, genuinely. Everyone's trying no. to catch light of that fire. They want man's red flower, right? <laughs> and they'll do yeah. whatever it takes. To, to to bask in its in and bathe in its in its warm glow. And and that's what's happening. So yes. like, no, these people aren't really outraged. No, they didn't ruin basketball for anybody. But these people know if I react in a certain way. I'll give you a great example. Elgin Baylor passed away, and everyone did the R.I.P. Elgin Baylor thing. And uh as many I wasn't the only one to point this out, but like Elgin Baylor was the guy that invented the Eurostep, right? So I, when I when, just the Logan Murdoch, when yeah. when I when it wasn't Logan Murdoch, like a bunch of people have been saying this shit for years. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm saying Logan posted a a, a video. Like a lot a of people video posted of that video. I posted that video too, Tom. But you know what the difference was? In my tweet body, I said Elgin Baylor. Which, when every time you see a Eurostep, remember that Elgin Baylor was doing it while people were calling him every slur in the book. And really, I, I should have said while people were calling him nigger. But I thought the conjunction. <laughs> like, did they call it a Pollock? Like, what was yeah, that? <laughs> yeah, like, but, uh, but, I, like, filthy Eurostep. I, I honestly thought about putting it like that, but then I said, damn, I mean, this dude just died. Like, I get yeah. it. And, and it wouldn't be, obviously, I'm, I'm praising him in that post, but I knew if I typed that, I was going for shock value because I knew it would go viral. And so I changed it, I, I softened it up. And it didn't go viral, but it's like, you know, the, the point is, they're all playing this game. Everybody's playing this game. So don't be shocked and staggered. But the problem is the game is the people in the know know, and then the sheep feed on it and feast on it. And, and it turns cool. into that, what you just said, what you guys said, which is the LeBron James reaction is more popular and more um, known than the actual thing that that precipitated it. Well, it, it becomes this, ex- and if people accept the premise, and it drives me crazy. Of whatever Twitter is elevating and trending is the thing that's important that we should be talking about. Um, and maybe you could get real meta and say, "Well, we're talking about what people are," but this is just an observation. Um, because I just often feel like what it's elevating is something, a story that's totally insane, and it's not just basketball or a perspective that's insane, and. I guess it just you have to accept the premise of the app to really be talking on the app and it is what it is. But that was one where just the acceptance of this idea that that tweet is something we all need to be talking about and be condemning for what for why it's just it's just completely insane. And uh, again, uh, it's just it's a difficult place to navigate uh, reputationally speaking. Uh, it really is. I feel like I, I don't tweet as much because I feel like uh, Barry Sanders 
uh, Ladanian Tomlinson, they say, hey, man, you don't lower your shoulder when you get out of bounds. You just got to go out of bounds sometimes. That's kind of how I feel right now, that if I'm dancing around all the time out there, tweet, 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 then I am going to incur some costs from doing that. I'm going to take some shots to my body versus if I just send some links out, maybe do a few tweets every year. That seems a little more sustainable. Do you think Steve Kerr is going to do podcasts again? Yeah. Steve loves to talk. And and also, it wasn't Lo- it's not like Logan. If Logan had tweeted it out, it would be different, I think. I think mm. the, the point was. I that- think Steve was proud of his podcast. That's why he was telling people, hey, everybody, listen to, uh, yeah. listen to the podcast because a podcast is a performance. You don't think Steve ends a podcast sometimes and thinks to himself, man, I just knocked killed that. it. I knocked yeah. that shit out the park. <laughs> yeah, I killed it, man. That podcast I did with Logan. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. You know, I want everybody listening to the whole thing. I think there might have been an element of that. I did an amazing podcast. I gave an incredible hour. <laughs> Drew Schiller, you have sullied it. And people should know. People should know that I'm quite the podcaster. Do we have Do you have any other topics we want to talk about? Oh, I mean, it's <laughs> hard because we're, we're around the trade deadline. And so anything we talk everything about, is, the earth is going to yeah. is going to be resettled. So that's why. Mm. That's partially why we're talking about the PJ Tucker deal. About. Let's talk about that. Yeah, that's <laughs> a power. Let's go. Uh, when Steph oh, comes oh, back, oh, is oh, he going to be backing up oh, Jordan Poole? No, here, here's, here's a good one. Here's a good one. Lamelo Ball out for the year. Does this open the door at all for Wiseman to make a oh, strong <laughs> last half push? I think not for Rookie of the Year, but I do think he was feeling some heat from Lamelo. Uh, becoming the supernova that uh, even you could hear Warriors players in interviews and Kerr saying that uh, he's got on on Twitter. He's got to focus on what he's got to focus on and not look at the rookie ladder. They never came out and said it, but you could assume it. And so it might help (laughs) take the pressure off, off him. But I'll say this and maybe I'll write this. I do wonder how much of this season is real. I do think that's the big confounding variable nobody is talking about right now. Uh, For everybody, everybody, everybody and young players, um, we are watching basketball on TV and it's meant to look like a standard basketball game in many ways. It doesn't approximate it completely, but but it does the job, right? It can't possibly feel like a real NBA game feels. And part of what makes the adrenaline spike, I would assume – is you walk into the building, there are 20,000 people bearing down on you. We're watching a glorified scrimmage right now, and I'm glad for it. I'm glad they got the season off the ground. But I do think that there's a lot of pressure on all of us to prop up the game and to pump it up and not to really ask questions about, hey, uh, I mean, I haven't checked in a while, but I think there, there might be around seven teams who have a better offensive rating than the best offensive rating last season. And generally, in these quick turnaround circumstances, like a lockout or a strike, the offense is terrible. So even with the lack of preparation, teams are crushing it offensively. I do wonder if we're going to see some sophomore slumpage next season, uh, which might even give you more doubts about Wiseman. Uh, because this just isn't a real setting. This is like watching uh, air hockey basketball. And it's like, it's like how, how much... How many injuries do we have to have in order to just be like, Nikola Jokic is the MVP? Mm. I feel like every day is is a reason for the media to not want to give uh, Jokic the MVP. Really? Oh, You're out of yes. your mind. The The Vegas odds just came out. He's, he's the, the pole, in pole position. 
He's the leader. There's not there's not many people who are being like game set match. Nikola Jokic is the MVP. I'm tired of people bringing up Damian Lillard and LeBron James and and James Harden. He's the MVP. Uh, like I've never th- heard that. But rant. I don't think anyone's game set match MVP. I feel like Barkley's Barkley's going to do that rant. I think it's going to be Barkley's rant for Jokic. No, no, no. I, might, I, there's I, not he, like he, a, a, I don't he feel like even out there with he, a huge he, platform. He might I don't even feel like maybe Barkley. Barkley might uh, even give him the bad white boy appellation uh, that was uh, gotten by by uh, Steve Nash and and Nowitzki. That might be in Jokic's future as well. You know, I think that's that's the and they'll argue about it, and it's going to be very entertaining. I'm going to enjoy it, but yeah, I think Jokic just hasn't broken through. I don't know if the Nuggets have won enough. Um, that's uh. Yeah, yeah. I that's I haven't even the thought Nuggets about defense it. is better than the Lakers offense. Mm. Dang. But also I don't know. I didn't have a But rebuttal. also what I, I didn't mean, have an, I didn't like have a rebuttal. Got Montrez Harrell and, I didn't have a rebuttal. Should, <laughs> should really we all, by the way, should we all take a <laughs> and break? And, should we all take a break and watch Colin Cowherd's 12-minute rant about about Kerr and then Is that happening discuss? right now? I uh, I I just found the YouTube clip. I can share it. Yeah. Yeah. Send it. Let's do it. Kerr came out after somebody named Drew Schiller basically quoted Kerr in the podcast. And then Kerr came out and said this, reacting to it. Drew Schiller decided to tweet today that Steve Kerr said he enjoyed last season more than Kevin Durant's last year with the Warriors. Okay. So I want to make this extremely clear if you uh, if you want to um, actually get the story accurate I encourage you to listen to the podcast before um, we sort of take this story into offshoots and and uh, use that as my quote because um, that is the furthest thing from the truth actually we all on the staff listened to it and that was your quote Steve that was your exact quote I listened to it and everybody on the staff listened to it Stop walking on eggshells. The NBA treats its players great. They don't have to walk on eggshells every 15 minutes. Who gives a rip if Kevin Durant's offended? He dumped you. You won rings with him, he dumped you. Which, by the way, I, I, I always support players and mobility. I, I support player empowerment. I am always for players moving. But there are no great business books that have ever been written in America titled... Be afraid of your employees and walk on eggshells. That's the key to business. That book's never going to get written. The NBA is now terrified of its players. Kyrie Irving decides again yesterday, I'm just not going to go on a road trip. Crickets? For multiple years, load management. Stars, thank God Harden and LeBron love to play. Multiple stars, I don't want to play tonight. Saturday night games, TV games, I don't want to play. Can you imagine Patrick Mahomes doing that? Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, just not playing? I support players, but Steve Kerr's reaction was embarrassing. If Steve Kerr would have come up to me after a podcast and done that, I'd have told him to pound sand. That's what you said. I listened. We all listened. That's exactly what you said. Coaches in the NBA are terrified of occasionally offending a star. Maybe that's why the NFL's pulling away. It's more relatable. I'm not anti-NBA. I watch it every night in the season. I'm not anti-player. I am pro-mobility, pro-LeBron. But stop being terrified of the players. 
You had a podcast. You said last year was a lot of fun. We lost a lot of games. The guys were all in. Previous year was tough. And by the way, we all knew that. There was a book written about it. The, the turbulence with Kevin Durant's not new information. Ethan Strauss wrote a book. You know, I forget the name of it, but it was, you know, the building and undoing of the warrior dynasty. It was written. It's documented. We all knew. It's not a big surprise. But the fact that Steve Kerr, like American basketball royalty, is terrified of pushback because a former player who dumped him went to Twitter and goes, oh, come on, Steve, that's hilarious. Listen, you need structure in a business. There's, there's the people that own the business, and then there's the management, and then there's the employees. And nobody disputes that in professional athletics, like we all go to watch the players. But the truth is, you watch this show right now to watch me, not my management. I still have management. <laughs> you know, like I, I know nobody's watching this because of my bosses. You're watching because of Joy and I or, you know, the production. But we still have bosses. There's still the Murdoch family owns it. Then there's layers of management. Then there's employees, well compensated. But the NBA right now, it's like it's okay to push back. Like the NBA players did not want to go to the All-Star game. And Adam Silver said, no, we're going to the All-Star game. NBA players didn't want a condensed season. Adam Silver said, hey, guys, we need a season. And many times Adam Silver does this, and LeBron figured this out last year in the bubble, you want to play because if you don't play games, then the owners have even more power based on the CBA, the collective bargaining. Remember last year, there was about a four or five-day stretch that Kyrie Irving was talking about no players playing the season. And LeBron went, time out, time out, time out. We can't do this. We have to play. And it ended up being a glorious, different, but glorious season. So I just can't imagine a hockey, a baseball, a soccer, a, any other sport where a coach who got dumped by a player goes on a podcast, it's there for you to listen, and then is outraged and, and deeply terrified that some blogger or writer says, here's what Steve said in a podcast. Listen for yourself. I did. My whole staff did. It wasn't taken out of context. It wasn't an offshoot. It wasn't outrageous. Uh, Toughen up. That was, I, I told Tom, dare I say it, that was better than Radio Ethan. Oh, yeah. Like, he's the best. He, 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 t he took the take. He's like, the NBA is afraid of its players. <laughs> I mean... Radio Ethan seems so provincial. Now I know why he's in Concord, right? <laughs> he made it so local and, and you know, small scale and coward looks at the big picture. You can have star employees, but not dictator employees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just love – he gave you a shout-out. He didn't, he didn't really yeah, remember oh, yeah. the he, book he, title, I, I, which – He did. I mean, that, was, that was the funny uh, Elon Strauss wrote a book about it. I, I yeah. can't remember the title, but now now I feel like, oh, man, I really screwed up. I should have been on Coward today. should have yeah. canceled our podcast. I you mean, I could have been basking in that book promo. Absolutely. should have, but what we're, about, we're better do, off Do you think it. if I just started talking, like, would he have noticed if I started doing the invitation? Or he just would have been talking back to him? Takes. No. He, just, have, you, have, you ever been, have you ever done Coward in person? No. It seems great, though. Tom, have you ever done it in person? No. I did it when he was at ESPN. <laughs> he does this thing. That when you start talking, he clasps his fingers under his chin and leans forward as if to like portray like I'm paying it. attention. But I mean, it's, it's like, like Bill, 
It's like Bill Clinton on the stump, man. That's great stuff. That's, oh my that's, god! Uh, yeah, it threw me off. I was talking, and he did it, and I started like, uh, uh, <laughs> I started talking again. I was so fucked up. I like, wait, what's going on here? Oh, he's now. He's I mean, I mean, there's listening, and there's engagement. I'm giving you engagement. <laughs> I went on. I, that's, I went on his show, and I talked about how Jaleel Okafor wasn't was ill suited for the modern NBA. This is when he's coming mm. out in the draft. I said I, I wouldn't I wouldn't take him with a top two pick. <laughs> I love how Coward turned this into a DNP rest argument. Should should we no, no, it's, 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 it was masterful. Okay, so we should we should be professionals here because I don't even know if we're, if we're using this or what, but if we are using it, we should explain to the listener what the hell oh, Colin yeah, Cowherd are, just said. Tom. Yeah, right, so Colin gonna, Coward are we gonna clip the audio? Yeah, I think we're no, gonna we're be able clip. to clip the audio here, but um Colin Coward reacts to Steve Kerr posted on YouTube. Um and he goes on a five six minute rant about how Steve Kerr should go uh, pound sand um because of uh, his take here for getting all over somebody named Drew Schiller. <laughs> oh my God. He goes, Poor Drew Schiller. Yeah. He goes, uh, he, you know, he went after some, 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 somebody named Drew Schiller. Um, and then he said uh, later in the rant defending Drew Schiller, he called him some blogger wrote. Um, but the, but Coward's rant took this moment and blew it up into something like a, a critique on the NBA, which was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That he, yeah. That he made it. This is um, why the NFL is better than you. It's because they're more relatable. <laughs> NFL players are more relatable than, than NBA players. I guess. Patrick, Patrick Mahomes would have to go play. <laughs> he could never sit out a Saturday night. <laughs> yeah. First of all, he said LeBron likes to play. Thankfully. No, LeBron actually LeBron was one of the principal reasons why Adam Silver had to come down hard on the DNP rest because LeBron rested on yeah. a Saturday night, uh, ABC game and didn't put hey. in the proper protocols to say it was an, a groin hey, injury. Hey, we're not, we're not talking, we're not talking enough about me right here. You know, <laughs> I think that's what we needed. To, he, he shouted out my book, but was funny. There was the inflation and the deflation. Ethan Strauss wrote a book about it. And then he's like, I can't remember what it was called. But it was great. It was a great book. <laughs> what, I, what I love is, and you know, so there's that ego deflation of not remembering the book. But then I think to myself, you know what? Drew Schiller was just some some guy, some blogger. I just got name checked without any sort of explanation to the audience about what I am. That feels pretty big time. Thanks, Colin. I appreciate it. And I also like that he deflected. Um, it wasn't just me who listened to the tape. It was, it was my whole staff. Yeah. The whole Everyone here listened to it too. Steve. I, see, he, he, he. That was I. I that I may I cringed a little bit for Steve because that was uh that was a body shot right there. Like the whole staff, my whole staff listened to it. I, I can't remember what he said, but something like the quote. It's it's an accurate quote. Yeah. I mean, that's a hey hey cowherd's good to this job, man. And I do think I do think that maybe in technicality the Schiller characterization. Uh, you could quibble with, but in spirit, can you really quibble with it? I don't think you can. And so again, this is yet more evidence. This is more evidence right now that Schiller probably took the wrong, the wrong I approach. Mean, I, but Colin Cowherd, in turning this into content, took an amazing approach. I think. I think it's easy to sit here and say Drew Schiller did the wrong thing, considering that his employer used to be my employer, by the way. Yeah, NBC Sports mm. Bay Area broadcast Warriors games and our business partners broadcast broadcast partners with Steve Kerr and the Warriors. 
Well, it's the quasi. In, I mean, I don't even know what I call quasi. Like uh, my friend is Jason Jackson. He it works for Fox Sports. Uh, you know, whatever, whatever the name of it is now that Fox sold it to Sinclair. But um, he's a Miami Heat employee. Like uh, I don't, I have no qualms about like calling him that. Right in the same way that Mike Breen, when he calls Nick games, he's a Knicks employee. And Adam Amin is an, a Chicago Bulls employee, and it, like you just, there, it does not exist a local broadcast apparatus where they don't operate as, essentially as a propaganda machine for the team. But this backfired, right? Is like, well, I mean, backfired because I don't know what Drew's doing. Like, I don't oh, what I he's know. Doing. He, like, here's, here's, here's the bigger question: He's got a job. But but let's go no. let's go back to what let's go back to what Cowherd is saying because Cowherd did observe something that's interesting. Oh yeah. And I think isn't being remarked upon enough, which is why are the Warriors so afraid of offending Kevin Durant? Is it and maybe it's time to get aggregated, do they think they could possibly woo him back in the future? I mean, what's happening here? Why are they so worried about his feelings I, after the fact? I would say they're worried for future like you treat players as an organization. I think you treat players well, and you take the high road, not for them, but for the next guy that comes around. It's a signal because the the, the the example that they have nailed at the at the altar of every NBA team is that you don't want to be Jerry Krause and the Bulls because mm-hmm. the perception was they fucked over Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen and Phil Jackson, and for a decade. They got, I remember when it was like 2000, clear out all this cast because in 2000, we're going to sign Kevin Garnett. Well, he signed next said, okay, but we're going to get, uh, Tim Duncan. Well, no, he doesn't want to cover. Well, Grant Hill, no. Well, Eddie Jones. Well, Tracy McGrady, no. Eddie Jones, no. And it goes all the way down to they got Ron Mercer. They started with Kevin Garnett and they ended up with Ron Mercer. And, and like for the longest time, they could not shake that stigma off of them, right? So mm. that's why you do it. You do it because you but want they, people to say but, but they're, what a first but they're a little they're a little weird with it. With Lacob immediately saying that they were retiring his jersey, just immediately sure. after. Not everybody done. does it. Yeah. 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 You know? He he dumped he you. He dumped you. He dumped you. Steve got dumped. <laughs> Steve got dumped. I'm pro mobility, pro player, pro LeBron. <laughs> I'm not anti NBA. With that said, I watch it every night. Very much. Yeah, I watch it every night in the season. Obviously, race is part of the dynamic here that we will not discuss. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What do you, now that I'm thinking about it, what do you make of the Steve Kerr line that there are some things you know about and some things you don't know about that went on in that season? Because he's kind of letting that dangle there. Oh, no, no. It's it's to say, you know, it's funny. It's one of those, okay, so this is what would happen. When I was a kid, when I was younger, I used to, like, m- mess with my sister, make fun of her and pinch her and do all, like, just be, like, generally an awful person. And then when my parents would turn around, I'd act like nothing happened. And as soon as they turned back around, I'd, like, silently laugh and tell her, ah, I can never get caught or whatever, right? And then they turn around again, I'm like, ah, I don't know what's going on, right? It, that was... It's kind of a dick move. Steve was doing that. He's he, When he says, there are things you know, things you don't know. On the surface level, he's saying, Drew Schiller, you don't know shit. Hmm. None of y'all know shit. We know what happened, and that's clearly not what happened. 
But he's also signaling all the people who know it happened. Like, oh, it absolutely happened. <laughs> yes, it happened. It happened. It's brilliant. By I the way, to set, to set the scene, I don't think Drew Schiller is necessarily your, your average blogger on the no, outside looking in. He's I mean, not. There's this other aspect where he's a former Stanford point guard who does this weird aggregation gambit but has deep roots uh, with the Lakers from played, his time he, at Stanford. He, yeah, he he, uh, well, he played at Stanford. Wow. He's friends with Kirk, right? Yeah. I mean, it's sort of uh, the idea of Warriors outside. I mean, I I, I know uh, these guys. I know that's the, the weird thing about this whole story is I know everybody involved. I uh, you know I, I go to summer league and I'll play um, play basketball in Las Vegas with them all, and it's I, I do wonder if there's this other weird component of it where okay just leave it. he yeah. is Warriors yeah. outsiders. That's the show that he's on as this sort of tribune Good of luck. the fan who's right. not in it, but he's kind of in it. Yeah, of course. And even if he didn't have, like, he's, he's obviously, he's way more connected than I think people realize. But even if he wasn't, Ethan, by virtue of working for the affiliate that has the rights, you're going to be, you're just going to have more information. Right? Because you're around. Fuck, you don't even work there, Ethan, and you knew this shit. By just being yeah. around, yeah. well, like it, there wasn't. I, like, gave, Ethan, I gave my whole opinion, but I'm, I'm just saying, even like <laughs> it wasn't like no offense, <laughs> but you you didn't do like Woodward and Bernstein uncover. Oh my God, they can't stand each other. Like it was obvious to anyone who came every day, right? Anyone who showed up every day to practice, anyone who was around that team for any extended amount of time, other than just showing up for a game. Draymond and, and KD at the end of that game, it was obvious in November 2018. You know, like it's not—it's not like there was a big secret that they're the one foot in, one right. foot out stuff. But that's what I'm saying. Like even that, right? Even before that happened, Ethan, I text with you all the time. You was—we were, were all in a group chat. You told all yeah. that shit. Yeah. Like, and and again, no offense to Ethan because you wrote a great book. I think everybody should read it, The Victory Machine. I know what it's called, unlike Colin mm-hmm. Cowherd. But like the. The details in the book were researched and you had to talk to people and sources and all that stuff. But the general premise, hey, the fucking shit was kind of miserable <laughs> that last year. <laughs> like Everybody that wasn't that. Ethan doing some crazy investigative journalism. This is a yeah. Watergate. That was something <laughs> that was right there apparent for everybody who walked in. And so that's what makes it fun, though, that Kerr can deny and say where the, you guys don't know, and in general, the general premise that you guys don't know is true. People outside or you know following or whatever, y'all don't know. There, there are aspects of the story that run a little bit deeper, and I do think there's concern for they they don't hate KD is the thing, and I think everybody just wants him to be okay, and so they don't want all of his business on Front Street, and so. When Kerr alludes to it, and I know about some things, you guys know about some things uh, that I didn't put in the book, but maybe are part of the story there. And uh, I think that's that's what Steve's alluding to to a degree. But the general idea of it, I mean, it's just obvious. It's obvious he was miserable, completely obvious and fascinating. That's why I wrote a book about it. The whole thing was fascinating that you could be at the height of success and so – so unhappy with it all but yeah i i mostly 
not even mostly. I just agree with Amine on that, especially when he says that I, I wrote a great book and you should all buy it. And it came out in paperback. I'm not anti NBA. Nice. I'm not anti player mobility. I'm not anti NBA. He's got a great take because it is sort of. I got to say, I agree with the take in many ways. That part of it, which is player mobility. Yes, let players do whatever they want. They should be allowed to. But we shouldn't walk on eggshells and we should treat them like people. And it's okay to have a little criticism. And the NBA has gotten to a weird place in all this. I was having this conversation with someone uh, just the other day, not about the NBA specifically, but about I was being told that, you know, well, if they feel like that, then, you know, we shouldn't judge them for feeling that way. I can't remember what we were talking about. And my thing was like, no, yeah. People are free to feel the way they are, but also I'm free to have an opinion about mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Like that you can't take that away from me. You could say my opinion is abhorrent. You could say like I'm a monster or whatever, but like the fact that I have this opinion, this idea that you're not allowed to say it. No, yeah, I'm allowed to say it. You could disagree, but you can't say I'm I'm not allowed to say that. I think I was talking about uh Lizzo with her bare ass mm-hmm. cheeks. At the Laker game. I'm I don't not, even know what you're nothing. talking about. It's, I remember. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. Ethan remembers. How <laughs> <laughs> can one forget? But, but my Pepper, point is, like, it's like, oh, she's, yeah, Pepper's Farm remembers. We, oh, she, she's just owning her body. I'm like, who gives a shit? Like, you yeah. no, you can't, you can't be butt-ass naked putting your butt-ass, bare-ass, I don't and, care what and, you and look talking like. Ab- and talking about Carl Anthony Towns and making these sorts of weird overtures, the whole thing was a little bit, you know, it's a little bit. Like, but my point is this, yeah. like, regardless of her, how she finds her path to a positive body image, right, I still have the right to say, you ain't supposed to be doing that. But, like, <laughs> Twitter has created this culture where it's like, how dare you say it? Well, how dare? Well, yeah, I said it. I think that's <laughs> the appeal of Radio Ethan, though. Is because oh, yeah. it, he gives voice to this id that all of the sports writers or all of the tweeters want to say, but they can't because it's going to be damaging to – perceived to be damaging to their careers. Yeah. And so it's almost I, cathartic to hear it said because there's no longer that that dusty old newspaper writer who, sa- who says the column that was way over the top. But also there's some truth to it because right, social yeah. media so, and, and cable TV have – broken down those barriers so when that newspaper writer that columnist sports columnist writes that now there is the open lines of communication and you can't be so in a silo writing that article you have to answer to people and you have to respond or you have to go to the go to the practice and and talk to kd so i think people are walking on eggshells about this situation not just because they know people on both sides but because the the barriers are down on social media now is it like but, if but, katie doesn't like what tom, you say tom, she is going tom, to tweet columnists did, but columnists did go to practices back in the day they did go they did reporters did i'm not so sure did. sports column like uh, Co- some columnists did yeah fucking talk to dan talk to cody all these you guys went they wrote about shit and then they went that was part of like the the job description when i talk shit about you i have to show up mm-hmm. in case you want to say some shit back that was part of it. I don't know if they do it anymore, but that was that was something back in the day that people did. But my thing is this, and there's probably no, it, you know what it's, I'm going to tell you the first time I remember this happening. It was when Royce White was coming out and he had the anxiety issue. And I, this is when I had first joined Twitter as a media person. I am literally fresh off the front office and I know why he fell in the draft and I know why I wouldn't want him on my team. And 
I'm seeing all these people. No, he's uh, fighting for uh, mental health and the stigma. And that I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, if I'm a firefighter, but I'm afraid of fire, it kind of fucking eliminates me from the goddamn job. Like this, I, I'm. It's sad. I'm. I like. I hope that there's something in society that we can find you to do. But clearly, this shit ain't it. Uh, some- by the way, I, I I just I just texted Cowherd's producer. It's probably too late, but you know, like I could go. Oh I my could god, go Jesus! You're, you're so- <laughs> He's so mad that he turned what it down. What a, what a what a just absolute shell. You're the shell. Well, um, well, you know, we're negotiating. We're negotiating uh, the next book right now, or will be soon. And so it's like I want to want to make sure my numbers are, yeah. are top notch at least. You know, See, just get it, them up where I can get this them up. Is how this, this is how the sausage gets made. Twitter right here, Ethan Strauss. <laughs> so I can just manipulate numbers. But but my point is, it's like people didn't want to hear that a. Yes, you can have conditions that will basically eliminate you from this line of profession. And B, beyond the dude's condition, he's a fucking asshole. You can have mental health issues and be an asshole. And he was an absolute asshole. And on top of all that, okay as a player. Like, good enough to be an NBA player, not good enough to make up for the fact that he's an asshole and he has all these special requirements that are separate from him being an asshole. And so I said all that. And like, I remember like my editor at the time was like, well, can you see? I'm like, bro, you guys want why he isn't in the league. I'm telling you why he's not in the league. Like, it, but you can't handle people the truth. Were, the best libel but, is but the every, truth. But, but Ethan, Ethan and I have talked about this. Remember, Ethan? Every fucking writer and blogger came out under the rock like, I too have anxiety issues. And they saw I this mean, dude as like a, a messiah, like. Like Homelander. People bring their baggage to all these discrete events, and this is a bigger issue than just the NBA, but you'll take a discrete event that might map on to a broader problem. It might, um, and it might not. It might just be its own thing, or it might be its own cynical manipulation of you because it's trying to map onto that thing, and that's Maybe. what we're all dealing with. Maybe, but but the point is within that manipulation and within this 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 elaborate dance that we're all doing – has come a point where real life, like Coward said, real life, people are afraid to anger the players or mm-hmm. to say something that might offend the players. And th- look, let me be clear. There's a difference between saying some racist-ass shit but, and saying way, some I'm, shit like, yo, you made life miserable. Like that's, There's a difference between those two things. Is it too much if I kiss the producer's ass and I say, uh, appreciate the book shout out from Colin and the take yeah. was on point? Yeah. Oh <laughs> no, you should, you should send him a free copy of your book. <laughs> oh, he says let's do it. Now? I mean, not right now, right now, but it, later in the hour. You know? Oh, wow. It's, uh, yeah, I got to we, we need to prep him have, for his hit? I mean? We, uh, first of all, you got to do Radio Ethan. No, no. You have to do radio either. Either no, do you want to be a no, star no. or not? Like, I, mean, I, want be, I want to be a literary, a literary eight, star. Eight years, Ethan, Ethan still won't be the angel on part. your shoulder. Okay, don't do radio, mm-hmm. Ethan, mm-hmm. just quite yet, unless you're ready for it. If you're not ready to do radio, Ethan, full time, you can't. You can't just half-ass it. Tell you, you just drop it. Say, I was doing a podcast earlier today with my friends Tom Habershow and Amino Hassan. It's called the Habershow, by the way. Listen to wherever you get podcasts. And uh, they brought up this character that I used to do called Radio Ethan, and you know he had a similar outrageous take. Or outrage shake. And then alcohol. Oh, tell me more. And they're like, well, it goes a little something like this. <laughs> tell, me there, bang. tell me more. Tell me more. Oh, God. Um, 
You're, you're a coward, though. You would never. Not, I could hear it in your voice. You're not going to do it. You're it not hurts even gonna, my vocal cords. Oh, <laughs> stop. You've come up with the worst excuses. Hurts my vocal cords. It scares my child, right? Yeah, uh, my it, wife doesn't, my wife like, doesn't it I, like it. Yeah. I got to hand the dog off to the dog walker. I can't. I can't. Oh, the dog. I can't do it. How? How is America's most uh, lucrative dog walking business going, by the way? Well, hey, we stopped with the dog walker because we moved out. Uh, we moved out of town to the birds. Yeah, so no there is no dog. Superfluous now. Yeah, there there is no dog walker anymore. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm now like a big boy. I'm walking my own dog. <laughs> I'm not anti NBA. I'm not. I'm, I'm for player mobility, player empowerment, all about it. By the way, the dog has arthritis. The, the dog has arthritis, though, which is uh, the diagnosis. Yeah, came out. Just trade it in. <laughs> can't trade in your dog. Why not? The warranty expire. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta, you got an obligation to your dog. It's your do responsibility. You? Do yes, you have you do. an obligation to it? Yes, you do. Yes, you no, do. You what? You just, so wait, because his hip, you, because his hip aches, I, I trade him in. Come on. Yeah, you send him into like the go, go, take him to the kennel. He'll be happy there, playing with other dogs. In heaven, I maybe mean, you wow. send him to the kennel yeah. like that. Oh I mean, yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah, Wait, if you give the kennel the, a dog with an arthritic hip, they, they just well, kill it. There's just not enough space. You know, there's, there's, it might not be really? like a mangy. And I, and I got a mutt. You know, I don't have a, a dog that's in demand, even though uh, I'm, I'm very much, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I think he's a great boy. But yeah, you, you might not be able to uh, to pass that dog off. It doesn't even matter. We like is having there, the dog. Why, why, why are we getting is, rid of the dog? This makes no sense. Wait, how do we go from coward to, to the dog? <laughs> You want to keep uh, it, when you see, have you uh, have, have, has anybody seen a little movie called Old Yeller? <laughs> Steve Kerr just took Drew Schiller out back. <laughs> Guess what? Old Yeller still alive. <laughs> this podcast is either going to do great numbers or no one's going to. Like, what the fuck were they about. talking about? I don't know. We can even do a live. Uh, you guys listening in on my Colin Cowherd. That's what I, I wanted. I wanted the the hot mic. The issue though is that you're hypercritical, and I feel like it would get in my head if I knew you were observing. Me. <laughs> I do think that I'm still scarred from uh, giving you the actual sound of my uh, disastrous interview with Don Nelson. Oh no! But it wasn't that disastrous. So. <laughs> It was just funny, funny for the turn to happen. <laughs> you got great, I mean, really, what? Yeah, it, well, it was also he uh, got very offended and kicked me out, yeah. and then I had to go back because <laughs> we forgot the backpack and had a very awkward interaction of trying to get the backpack. Even when you uh, when you start your own Substack and you can just release the tapes once you're once you're oh, yeah. making millions of dollars. I was off listening of personal subscriptions to what? your debit your your direct deposit. Then you don't care anymore. Just release the tapes. I I have hours of conversations with the late, great David Stern, and I was listening to one of them last night, and I was thinking, should I just put this on a podcast? Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I feel weird about it because he is, he is deceased, but it's also – I just enjoy it so much as oh, a little piece of uh, – Ethan. Well, yeah. I just want to tell you, so everyone who's listening to this podcast, uh, become a Patreon, patreon.com slash count the things and download the Cinephobe episode <laughs> where we do Great White Hype. Ethan, do you remember the movie The Great White Hype? I've never seen it. Okay. You should see it because Jeff Goldblum's character, like at some point we're watching this movie and we said, we came to the agreement that Tim Kawakami, who's in that movie, by the way, playing himself. 
Yes. Um, Tim Kawakami is actually a time traveler. He took a time <laughs> machine, went back to 1995 when this movie was made and instructed them on a few things. Like, for instance, Goldblum's character, with which is basically you. I mean, it mm. was staggering. It was staggering because it's you and the idealism and the uh, unnecessary vocabulary at times. Uh, and the kind of cynical way that he's covering the sport. And then at some point, he gets bought and has a complete heel turn. I'm like, this is Ethan too. It's still Ethan. <laughs> mm. this, I've seen Ethan do this heel turn as well, where all of a sudden he starts shilling for things. <laughs> and so you got to watch that. <laughs> but I mean, honestly, I think Tim, Tim Kawakami is yeah. a time traveler. If not Tim Kawakami, then I'm the time traveler and I just don't know it yet. <laughs> And you got to watch uh, because we just discovered this. And I mean, we're t- we were talking about it. Uh, the female brain is a movie apparently that stars Blake Griffin that I had never heard of. He's got like a uh, new TV show uh, the, out too. I, yeah, how does. is this it, happening? It look good. How how did somebody make a romantic comedy? All I'm looking for with my wife are romantic comedies to watch. By the way, because they don't make them anymore. Um, a romantic comedy was made. It includes Neil Brennan, other comedians i'm aware of and blake griffin if i don't know about it then this movie can't have done well <laughs> is just what i'm saying uh, how did katie's was it thunderstruck it, to bring it back to katie oh uh, yeah thunderstruck man the early the early katie days i'm still um, reveling still yeah. reveling in that article you wrote because you start out with a katie line from 2015 about how he's fed you up about thunderstruck Oh, what did I write? Are you talking about which article? It was right after KD called you out in the press conference and you wrote a column and you began your column for The Athletic by saying – like referring to a quote about KD being annoyed with reporters thinking they know what he's going to do this summer Mm. and saying, you don't know what I'm about to do, stop asking me, whatever. He was complaining about how reporters were treating him and the conceit was – Oh, you thought this oh, was yeah, about the Warriors. This no, this is what KD was saying before he left the Thunder. That he was mad at people <laughs> speculating about his future and that they don't know shit. And then what did he do? He left the Thunder, right? So it was your way yeah. of saying like this is not just I a think- one-off thing. I am not the problem here. It's just that this, this lingering question of what you are going to do this summer is something that – kind of matters because it happened in 2015 where you were annoyed at people speculating and then you left. What KD didn't do and what Draymond has since said would be helpful is to give the organization Mm. and the public some sort of clarity to bury this story before it even happens and just say, hey, after this season, I'm going to make a personal decision about where I'm going to go with my career. But until then, I'm not going to answer any questions because I'm playing for the Golden State Warriors this year. End of story. LeBron did it. KD mm. could have done it. Didn't do it. And then it created this this fire midseason. And it created what seems to be a lot of misery but for the team. He didn't choose that path. And then there are repercussions for but it. But if what you enjoy to a degree, and I'm not saying it's the case, but it could be, is the power you have over people uh, to potentially change your mind. Or maybe will he, won't he, that whole game. I think in a lot of instances, players enjoy the power – over the cohesion and the happiness of the team. Um, we see that a lot. And that might also be a component. What, what did Andre Iguodala say to you when 
after after this all happened and you caught Andre Iguodala. Oh, he went off on your ass. <laughs> That's what he said to me. <laughs> I saw him in the locker room, but why? Oh, no. Was, was it DeMarcus Cousins? <laughs> DeMarcus Cousins said, oh, you, oh. you got to apologize, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think, and I said to Demarcus Cousins, I said, "How do I apologize to somebody when I don't think I did anything wrong?" And Demarcus Cousins said, "Shit, that's for you to figure out." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Andre was just uh, Andre was so tickled when I walked. That, that was minutes later after the whole crazy press conference of KD going off on me i go into the locker room really not even knowing what to expect and andre points at me and goes he went off on your ass <laughs> <laughs> that was crazy <laughs> it was like, oh yeah 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 but they really more so i think god i'm even trying to remember when they were asking me to apologize to him to smooth things over uh, and it was interesting that Andre really wanted to facilitate all of that. It made me wonder what was happening behind the scenes. But some of was, the things you know, and some of the things you don't. <laughs> well, it, it was odd because the players, their attitude of it, as said in the book to a degree, was, "Come on, just apologize to him. We have to do it. You know, like we have to do it." Yeah. Hello, yeah, you're back. Yeah. I said the player's attitude was one of, you know, come on, just apologize to him. We have to do it. You know, like it's not they're dumping deal. their own baggage on you rather than like looking That's at it. your situation and with an objective lens. They're like, hey, we had to do this thing. So you got to do it now, too, where you're like, why did you guys do it? You could have just, you know, not apologized. But if that's you didn't the, feel like the, that. I felt like they were conflating their situation for my situation because in the NBA, superstar makes the rules. And depending on what media type you are, maybe that's the case. But it just seemed to me like what's going to happen? I'm going to apologize to KD and I'm going to be his guy and I'm going to break all the news about what uh, company he's investing in on the boardroom. I mean it just didn't really make sense to me on a practical level beyond the I'm not just going to do it because it's kind of a violation of identity. Don't apologize. Double down, folks. Love it. All right. We've been kicked out of this chat for a while, so it probably means time's up. Um, Ethan, so the victory machine is now in paperback, but it's not just about Mm. the original story. There's more to it now. There's an extra chapter. Do I understand? Yeah, we got we got an extra chapter. We have some epilogue. You know, it's like it's like Steve said. You know, you know, there are things you know and things you don't know yet, dear reader. So, you know, maybe maybe check that out. Maybe give it a purchase. All right. Ethan, thank you so much. Go read him at The Athletic, at Sherwood Strauss on Twitter to get all of his uh, above board thoughts. Well, last question, Ethan. If I have to sign uh-huh. up for The Athletic, but I have so many friends who work for The Athletic, how do I pick whose account to sign up under? Because wow. obviously you guys get get uh, credit for the subs. Mm, uh, I don't know what you mean because I, are you trying to okay. pilfer? Are you trying to pilfer uh, somebody? If you try to, I'm so confused about what that question even. He's means. saying, "Do you want my sub?" Oh hell yeah! You're not going to give well, it now on principle. Well, no, but, but I'm saying like like shit, but like how do I? Why would I choose you over Zach over? 
Waz over Marcus. David Aldridge. Over like, you can't turn down David, David Aldridge. David Aldridge. Oh, my God. Yeah, David Aldridge, man. That guy's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm blessed with less talent than all of them, so I, I need it. I, my family needs it. I need to feed that's, my that's kid. That's a good answer. You know, all of them will be fine. All of them will be fine. But me, you know, I just uh, exist at your pleasure, so that's why. Hey, man. All right, Ethan. Thank you, man. Thanks for having me, guys. I mean, this story might continue to play out. The Steve Kerr, Drew Schiller, Kevin Durant story. And people might have a lot of questions for us that they wanted to ask during this podcast with Ethan Strauss. Is there a way that the audience can ask us questions, I mean? It's funny you should ask that because there's this app called Stereo, the Stereo app. We do a live show on that every Wednesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern and 6 p.m. Pacific. So all you have to do is download the stereo app. It's free. Create a profile. Follow me at Darth Amin or follow Tom at Haberstro. There you go. And uh, we will be on Wednesday night, 9 p.m. Pacific uh, Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. And we'll talk about it. And you guys can submit questions via voice note on that app. That's right. We'll play your actual voice asking us a question and we'll respond to it. And and Steve, Steve Kerr, coach, if you want to ask us questions, feel free. Hit us up on the stereo app. 6 p.m. Pacific, your time. I'm guessing they're going to be on the West Coast. Um, Drew Schiller. Yeah, you, you can ask us questions too. I mean, we can you we too. can just go back and forth on this. Colin, Colin, hey, Colin, Colin, my man, great rant. We would love to have some feedback with you on it uh, and tell you a little bit about Radio Ethan too. But so also, also, I want to throw this out there. We're going to be watching the game too. So a little live analysis from yours truly and Tom Habistro. Mm-hmm. So that's the stereo app. Download yep. the stereo app for a live drop-in audio experience where you can interact with us and ask us questions, play some trivia, um, all on the stereo app. That's 9 p.m. Eastern, Haber Show Live with Amin El Hassan at Darth Amin and myself at Haberstro. H-A-B as in boy, E-R-S-T-R-O-H. We'll see you then.